Hello and welcome to Banking Transformed. I'm your host, Jim Roos, owner and CEO of the Digital Banking Report and co-publisher of the Financial Brand. With an immediate shift to a work-at-home reality, increased use of digital channels, organizations need to think beyond immediate operational challenges, anticipating consumers' need for increased emotional engagements, improved personalization, and a new focus on experiences beyond daily transactions. Not to be forgotten is the need to invest in best-in-class digital capabilities and functionality as consumers are increasingly becoming intolerant of poor digital experiences. To understand the COVID impact on customer experience, we are joined by Harley Manning, Vice President and Research Director for Forrester's Customer Experience Practice. We are also joined by Pam Fligian, SVP of Marketing Communications from Navy Federal Credit Union. In this episode, we discuss how the pandemic has changed customer experience in banking and how Navy Federal Credit Union continues to deliver industry-leading customer experiences. Welcome to the show, Harley and Pam. It's obvious that in all areas of banking, we're in uncharted territory with every single aspect of how a consumer engages with their bank, impacted as people work from home, are unable to visit most branches as they had in the past, and really have completely changed the way they do banking. As consumers have done the digital shift in all areas of digital life, expectations around experiences they receive from their retailer, entertainment options, restaurants, tech partners, and financial institutions have all changed. So, so we'll start with you, Harley. You've done research for Geez, over 20 years at Forrester around the customer experience. From your research, what are the key drivers for an exceptional customer experience? In addition, what's the correlation between customer experience excellence and business growth? This is pretty much where we focus is we we really look at customer experience as a driver of business growth. It's easy to get distracted and just start saying sort of nice but vapid things like, yes, we should give our customers a good experience. Uh, The reality is that you should care about customer experience because of exactly that relationship. So when we study customer experience, we look at three components of it. We look at how effective the experience is how easy the experience is, and then we look at the emotion associated with the experience. So, you know, did you accomplish your goal? Was it hard to accomplish your goal? How did you feel about the whole thing? And what we've seen over the years is that no matter how we look at it, customer experience is a very strong driver of business growth because it's a strong driver of customer loyalty. So essentially, and I I don't think anybody will go, oh no, that can't be true. (laughs) Customers who have a better experience tend to stay with the company longer, and they tend to buy more products and services from that company. So uh, with a bank, if you're liking your checking account and passbook account experience, you are more likely to want to have the credit card experience, the home loan experience, the auto loan experience, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you're having a bad experience with whatever you buy first, you're probably not going to buy incremental products. So that's really the mechanism that it works through. And then when we've looked at Forms 10K and actual growth, we see a correlation. The companies that have the better customer experience do better. When we look at stock price, uh, we see correlation. Companies with better customer experience do better. So, uh, you know, there's both the evidence from the research and studying consumers, but then there's also evidence when you look at the company's financials. 
That's interesting. And you've been the head of Forrester customer experience practice for more than two decades, as I mentioned. Has anything in the last few months surprised you, just caught you off guard? Oh, geez, so many things. For one thing, there's a trend that's been happening for a couple of years that then got exacerbated or came to a head in the last couple of months. So the thing that's been going on for a couple of years is the rise of values-based consumers and values-based experience. So these are consumers who, and by the way, this is 41% of consumers in the U.S., say that they want to do business with brands that reflect their political, social, and ethical values. Now, those values differ. So who you're talking to is going to depend upon what values they're looking for. But it's just the rise of people across the boards who want to do business with brands that reflect their own values. And so that just came out of almost nowhere. It was uh, I wasn't even noticing it as a trend. And then suddenly it was uh, over 40%, which is not an emerging trend that's uh, you know affecting the cash register right now. And so then when we got into first the COVID situation, how companies are treating their employees and treating their customers and how they're acting, it plays right into that narrative of, do you reflect my values? Are you doing the thing that I think is the right thing to do? And then we got into the social unrest after that, so the next crisis that layered on the first crisis. And even more so, are you as a company taking the action that I think you should be taking? And so this affects everything, not just customer experience, but it also affects customer experience uh, quite a bit. Well, it's interesting because you think about it, and we've talked about this on a couple of previous shows, that the feeling about were you on my side or were you against me during the COVID crisis? You know, this has been a very stressful time, and to have anything not work within the flow messes up your day even more than everything else messes up your day. And I think just like friends that stick by you during tough times, I think people are looking for those companies that do the same. So, Pam, you know, Navy Federal was recently written up by Forrester as a customer experience leader. What differentiates Navy Federal overall pre-COVID and what changes did you implement as a result of COVID to stay on top of your member expectations? Well, I will tell you one of the things that you've heard Holly talk about, the importance of values and purpose. Um, One of the things that has helped us is we were founded around having a purpose. And not all brands came about that way. I mean, as a nonprofit serving the military, you know, our vision and mission has been very focused on since day one. How can we be the most preferred and trusted, trust we earn, financial institutions serving the military and their families. Who we serve has changed and expanded to include all branches of service, include the veterans, et cetera. But that core principle of just always looking back to, are we doing the right thing for our member? Harley's heard me talk about this and we laugh about it in terms of being customer experience, member experience, to being like member obsession. For us, it really is about what does the member need and want, and how can we flex and pivot to deliver that? So that has been since day one. We were kidding a bit and saying that values and purpose became fashionable, even though we were already doing it. So we were ahead of the times. We just didn't know that it was fashionable. But one of the things that has helped us is really our ability to listen. We have always done a lot of member satisfaction surveys, continuously in the field with those things, both in terms of a channel interaction, a product interaction, as well as our corporate, which is just overall how happy are you with us. 
So we've done that, but also integrating that with what we see and hear from social. So COVID has taught us to kind of be better listeners, and then how fast can we reply to what's happening? So, for example, when you think about stimulus checks, well, all of our active duty members were still getting paid during COVID. So the whole idea of like them coming back, like what do you do with unemployment was less important to them and more important to them to talk about what do you do when one person from your household is without a job? So they still had some income, but it was restricted to the one. And so we changed quickly in terms of the types of content we put out. We have a segmentation study of our members. Within three months of joining Navy Federal, we will put you into a segment code based on what we think about you and what we know about you and what third-party data we can append to know you better. But then what we did was we looked at the segmentation study and in the light of COVID, felt like this is not as applicable as really what happens during a recession. So as you might recall, it's been a while since we had a recession. The last one was driven by the economics so it was driven by entirely different factors than we have now. The decline was not as steep and as quick, but by the same token, we dusted that off and said, let's look at how did consumers behave during that. And we quickly implemented a new segmentation profile of our members to look at them via the lens of who's pained but patient. They're going to wait this out. Who's resilient through this? Interesting enough, some of our quick pivots that really paid off was us being able to, like, for example, promote what we do ongoing for lots of our members, and that's refinance their car loans. People had the car, had the time, they already had a car payment, and they were interested in how they could save money. We broke records in March and April just on refinancing car loans. And we had the same product before. It was just talking to our members about it now and serving up the product at a time when they really had the time to investigate, could they save money with their particular loan, and uh, were they just ready to do it? So for us, it's really been about keeping that focus on what we do and listening more intently and then doing more evolving our segmentation to meet those needs. Well, it's interesting, Pam, because I've been a fan of Navy Federal for a long time, but it's interesting that organizations that have a culture that doesn't make you second-guess what you should do next then it's easy to pivot. And you mentioned about completely changing your segmentation strategy pretty much immediately based on what had changed in the marketplace. But that doesn't always come natural if the culture is not in place. Harley, is there anything else you'd like to add to what Pam said? Pam really nailed it. So if we if we take a look at the top 10 brands in our customer experience index this year, so this is 250 brands across 15 different industries. And Navy Federal is in there twice, both as a uh, bank and as a credit card provider. But there are also companies in there like Trader Joe's and Zappos and, and Lexus. And if you look at those companies, you might say superficially, wildly different, right? What does Trader Joe's have in common with Navy Federal? Well, one of the things is exactly what Pam just said. So it's a, a strategy, a mission that's customer-centric from the get-go. These were companies that on day one, have a mission to serve customers in their own way. And then the other component of it that you see across all of these leaders is a customer-centric or customer-obsessed even culture where all the employees from the executives on down are focused on making sure that the customers are treated well, that they get their needs met, that they're treated with respect, that they're valued. And if you have those two things, if you have a customer-obsessed strategy and focused on, on delivering customer value, a mission, if you will, 
if you have a customer-obsessed culture, then that makes up for lots of tactical errors that you could make. And quite literally, too, because one of the things we know is that customers who perceive themselves as having a really high-quality experience, one of the things that they give in return is forgiveness. They're much more likely to forgive you than a customer who's not having a great experience. So everything that Pam said, yeah, the strategy, the mission, the culture, it manifesting through the people and what they do every day, regardless of the industry. So it's interesting, you know, Pam, Navy Federal is obviously a digital organization. What was the biggest challenge as a result of COVID with regard of meeting customer expectations? What was the biggest challenge? You're exactly right. We are a digital organization. We try to think about ourselves as digital first, but by the same token, we have very robust what we call human channels. And you've heard a lot of brands talk about the human experience. I think for us, that is a big game changer. Our branches and our call centers, it allows people to pick up the phone, the call center 24-7, and reach a live human being to talk to them. We saw during COVID, some folks that have always been digital users all of a sudden really need to talk to somebody. And the fact that we were there and we were trying to balance their needs with the same time at branches, we were trying to keep them open, but some of them we had to reduce service. Some of them we went to only being able to serve people through the drive through Some of them we went to curbside service where you actually could order a, a cashier's check, for example, ahead and have somebody bring it out to you at your car. We had not done any kind of curbside service before. And just how did we flex to allow our members to engage with us in how they choose? How they choose might not be exactly how we would choose. You know, it might be more efficient for us to send them to make them do everything digitally. And we knew that was important to be able to talk to our members and help them through this one-to-one at a time when they really needed it, when there was lots of uncertainty. Our branch employees, 45% of our branch employees are or were an active duty spouse. And that gives them tremendous empathy when they're talking to a member about what's happening. They're often talking to a member service rep who has been there and has done that. So I think that really allows the human, um, I know your question was really about digital experience, but I think for us, it's the rounding out and recognizing the importance of the human channel on top of the efficiency that's offered by digital. That's a great segue into my question to Harley, which is the research you've done in the banking industry showed that direct banks don't necessarily perform better than multi-channel financial institutions when you analyze customer experience. Why is that? And is the issue around humanization, the digital experience part of the challenge? That is an extremely interesting question because it really does boil down to the human factor. I mentioned earlier that the top driver category for multi-channel banks is customer service. And if you dig down into that in individual drivers, they all relate to humans, like making it easy for customers to reach a live person, making sure that the first customer service rep that the customer talks to is able to solve all of the customer's problems and then separately solve them quickly. So the quality of the human interaction, both over the phone and then in person, is a differentiator for multi-channel banks. Now, if you, if you break down the individual performance for those three elements I talked about before, effectiveness, ease, and emotion, and you look at where customers give the top marks for those three things across all the different channels, and we look at a dozen channels, for multi-channel banks, 
the in-person experience in a branch has a clean sweep. You know, customers say that talking to a person directly in a branch is best at meeting their needs, is easiest, and it gives the most positive emotion. So Pam, once again, is not surprisingly (laughs) correct because Navy Federal, in addition to having a customer-centric strategy and culture, also does a lot of the detailed analysis. What could a financial institution today do to amaze a customer, to really step out and, and differentiate their experience from what they get from the rest of the industry? God, I could talk for the next three hours about that. So I'm just going to limit myself to a couple of points. The first of all is you mentioned expectations. The expectations are set by the brand promise that you make to the customer. And so the brand promise from a Navy Federal is different than the brand promise from some other bank. So the first thing to do is to be very clear about what your brand promise is and what the customer experience must be to deliver on that brand promise. So brands run into real problems when they promise something and deliver something else because there is no platonic ideal of the perfect experience. The perfect experience is the experience that delivers the thing that was promised by the brand in the first place. If you are promising personal attention and white glove and then you deliver self-service, that's not good. If you promise self-service and then you suddenly say, oh, wait, but now we're going to have you talk to a person. Well, the customer that signed up for the self-service experience, that's not what they wanted. They would have signed up for a different experience. So just be very clear about making your brand promise and the experience you deliver align. So that is huge. And then the second thing is to focus on emotion, to focus on the things that evoke emotions. Emotion, of those three components of effectiveness is an emotion. Emotion is by far and away the biggest determinant of the overall experience. Often in many industries, including banking, it dwarfs effectiveness and ease. It can, particularly in financial services, it can outweigh both effectiveness and ease together. So if you are annoying your customers, if you're frustrating them, if you are not making them feel valued, that is going to put them in play. That is going to reduce their loyalty. That is going to make them not want to buy more products from you. That might put them in the market for a completely different vendor. So definitely always focus on the emotion. Sometimes it seems like it's squishy to people. They shy away from measuring it. They shy away from designing for it, but you should flip that script and go right at emotion head on. You can measure it, you can design for it. And in fact, that is what you should do if you want to have loyal customers. Yeah, you know, that's great. And on, on that subject, Pam, um, Navy Federal obviously sets a very high bar for yourselves with your members, very much like actually most credit unions do. But you do things just a little differently. I mean, obviously, you use data and analytics quite heavily. But if you were to say, you know, what's the overall recipe for success at Navy Federal with regard to meeting the high expectation level that you set out up front to say that you're going to deliver, what are those components? What really makes it so that your organization kind of hits on most cylinders most of the time? Well, I think it's both simple and hard because the recipe has lots of pieces and parts. And as you know, if you're a baker, for example, if you bake bread and you follow all the instructions, but the yeast you use is old, doesn't work. So for us, it's kind of looking at the whole picture in the context of what are we doing against our three goals, which is being member-centric, 
which that we measure in terms of are we offering seamless, simple, and personalized experiences. And personalized is important because you nailed it. Some members want some things that others don't really care about or they don't really value. The next part of that is employee-powered. I spoke a little bit about how our human experience really is a big part of our secret sauce, but as we look at to your question about what are we doing to look for the future, you know, what are we doing to continue to attract, develop, and keep the best talent? And we've got a lot of loyal employees here, and they've been trained to do the right thing for the member, which really helps us in terms of keeping that culture alive. And then the, um, the last part of it is, is what we're doing, scalable and flexible. Flexible so that it meets what the member needs. We've done a lot of research to Harley's point, and this is why we've been a Forrester client. You know, we know that emotion is the difference maker. It's really hard, though, to determine what really drives that mission. For us, we have found that the point of difference there is showing members that we value them. And that kind of boils down to the, are we showing them that we know them? Are we doing it for them when we can, and are we surprising them? So we talk about it as know me, do it for me, and wow me, and try to evaluate our service against those channels. And when I say service, I mean, I'm including the things that we do digitally, you know, how quick was that, how easy was it, as well as for the human channels, you know, was that the quality I expected, did I get the answer I needed, at the value price that I needed, and was it worth my time that I invested in it? Because we also know that time's a precious commodity, that our members are all stretched and doing a lot and juggling a lot, and how can we be efficient in helping them? And so we know all of that comes together as the recipe for really making a difference with emotion. Well, I think it's interesting. If I go back to one of your first comments that said, you know, one of the things you did with COVID was you recategorized everybody based on brand new data that came to light and, and realized that the segmentation that you had done no longer was relevant. I can't think of any organization that reset their segmentation strategies so quickly. But again, everything you say is what a lot of other organizations say, but it's proven time and time again that you actually implement against that. And I think that the, the switching of your segmentation strategy is an amazing example of how you pivot on a dime, not based on some major need, but just because that's what you do, if that makes sense. That's pretty much culture, isn't it? I mean, from top to bottom in the organization. It is culture. It's culture and data measured because the reason we stumbled into the point you talked about in terms of our segmentation study not being valid is we put out some member communication. Engagement was high across all segments. And then we're like, oh, okay, so maybe we need to look a little bit more at what does this group need that's different and redefine the groups because it was a different day. And so how did we take what we knew and evolve it quickly to be the current circumstances? And we had to make some assumptions because, as I mentioned, the, uh, the last health crisis was the Spanish flu. And there's not a lot of good data around what happened during the Spanish flu. <laughs> <laughs> or, or or people that can tell what it was like. Exactly. The, the, the Spanish flu either killed them or they've aged away. But uh, So we really were trying to, we had to make some good assumptions on what we knew and test. And as I mentioned early on, listen, listen, listen. Yeah, I was just going to say, knowing Navy Federal as I do and having interacted with them a lot as well as studied them, you made a really good point. Navy Federal, they're for real. They truly do walk the walk. 
and it is from the top down. So, you know, we, we often hear companies talking about how they're going to do things for their customer. But, you know, we had uh, Mary McDuffie, their CEO, speak at our big customer experience event uh, last year. And I got a chance to talk to her at length and interview her on stage. And you get her talking about the customer experience and she lights up. She has a lot to say about it. You can hear the passion and you can also hear the details. And so some of the things that Pam was saying, you'll hear come out of Mary's mouth. You know, she's big on show me that you know me. And you hear that down the line from all of the Navy Federal employees down to the uh, you know, the frontline people who are facing the customers. So that really is a difference maker. Finally, and a bit of a pivot, um, at the same time we're going through a health pandemic, the focus has also been on social issues and sustainability, which has really festered for years, but really has been brought to the forefront again. How does the need for a, being a better social citizen impact the consumer's view of your organization, Pam, and of organizations in general, Harley? And how do you both believe this focus will increase in the future? I think for us, we've always recognized it is imperative to be a good social citizen. And as you have identified, the challenge of that is the definition of what is a good social citizen evolved. And for us, it's really been back to one of our core values of inclusion. We're big on inclusion. We embrace diversity. We always have. Being included is part of what makes the credit union special and a community here. And us recognizing the turmoil in the climate and being able to support our employees through this and acknowledging Black Lives Matter, acknowledging the uncertainty of what's happening now and showing support through it. But for us, it goes back to inclusion. Harley? We concluded through our research within the last couple of years that every company needs a strategy for dealing with the just rapidly rising tide of values-based consumers. So you really need to start by knowing, does your company stand for something right now? And you also need to know, though, do your customers stand for something and do your employees stand for something? Because you have all those constituencies. And you see what happens in the news when uh, the employees of a company decide that the company is not doing what it should do, walkouts, et cetera. So every company should be thinking right now, what is our values-based strategy? What do we stand for? What do we need to stand for? Is it possible for us to be neutral? Increasingly, the answer is going to be no. A short-term might be yes. Medium and long-term, it's no. And that does not say that you have to adopt a certain set of values. It just says that you better be supportive of the values that your customers and your employees have, which starts with knowing what values your customers and your employees have. You know, both of you, I I really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you, Jim. This was a fun way to end the week. Thanks, Jim. This is a true pleasure. And thanks, Pam. It's great talking to you. What a great opportunity to sit down with both Forrester and Navy Federal Credit Union today. You know, both are at the top of their game when it comes to analyzing what customer experience means and then from the standpoint of Navy Federal Credit Union, delivering it on a daily basis. I think one of the most interesting takeaways was how quickly Navy Federal resegmented their customer base based on the COVID crisis when they realized 
that consumer dynamics changed and there were other ways to look at what the consumer's life and behaviors were based on the COVID crisis. For institutions looking to improve their customer experience beyond just saying they're going to do it, I think Navy Federal gives a great example of where focus, culture, and commitment really come in. Thanks for listening to Banking Transform. Great is a top five banking podcast. I genuinely appreciate the support you have provided since we started this endeavor almost a year ago. If you enjoy what we are doing, please be sure to subscribe to the Banking Transform podcast on your favorite podcast app. In addition, it would really mean the world to me if you could take a few minutes to show some love in the form of a review. It's the way we get to gauge as to how we're doing and how we can improve the program going forward. Finally, be sure to catch my recent articles on the financial brand and check out the research we're doing on digital transformation, the future work in banking, retail banking innovation, and the changing dynamics of financial marketing for the Digital Banking Report. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer, Sean Rule Hoffman. I'm your host, Jim Maroos. Until next time, stay safe and stay healthy. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.